Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing. Luke chapter 2 starting with verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to you and all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. When Mia and I started our ministry, we started off in Burke County, Waynesboro, Georgia. It's a whole other country. It is the bird dog capital of the world. That means nothing to anybody here. These people don't just put bird dog capital of the world on the water tower. It is a religion there. They have a high commitment to these dogs that they will pay five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just for a pedigree bird dog. Yeah. Marinate with that for a moment. You think it's expensive to buy the little puppies for your families. Go get a pedigree bird dog. They love these dogs down there. I was invited by one of these dog owners to go coon hunting. I said, you know, I need to go by my dad's house. I left my shotgun there. He said, what do you need that for? I said, we're we're going coon hunting. We're not going to shoot it. We're just going to listen to the dogs bark all night. Yeah, brings tears to my eyes, Pastor. They would get out there on the back of trucks. You know what men are doing when you see them on the back of a truck? Lying. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they would get there on the back of these trucks and they would, they would stay up till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and listen to these dogs tree these poor coons. And, and they wouldn't shoot them. They'd just let them be treed for a little while. That's not the most expensive dog in Georgia. The most expensive dog in Georgia is in Athens. Matter of fact, that dog's not for sale. That's a pedigree line of bulldogs. As a matter of fact, every mascot of Georgia is chosen from the same family. Bred for that specific purpose. If you want to buy one of the siblings of Ugga, you could pay thousands of dollars just to have something close to the Georgia bulldog. Very expensive. 
Now, if you were to go back into Israel to this particular day, you would discover that they couldn't understand why you would pay that much for a dog. Paying a king's ransom for a dog would be an idea lost in their culture. But I'll tell you what they will pay for. A lamb. A couple of weeks ago I made a statement to you. Still believe it. I believe it's accurate. But I need to add to it because it's incomplete. I made a statement to you that when God made his announcement, there should have been more people there. That it was a shame that no one showed up for the announcement and birth of Christ except shepherds who were talked into it by angels. You may say to yourself, well, how would anybody know where Jesus was going to be born? I contend there were a lot of people that knew. The backslidden preachers around Herod the king knew where he was going to be born. Wise men were coming from the east because they saw his star. The star proclaimed his birth. They knew where he was going to be born. Furthermore, Elizabeth and Mary talked about it when they greeted one another and John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leapt under the power of the Holy Spirit and two excited pregnant women knew, which means... They told somebody, Pastor Bob, because they wrote it down in the gospel. But that sermon from that particular week is that they failed to see the significance in the insignificant. They didn't know it was important to be there. But if you and I had a time machine and we went back in time, I guarantee you, if we saw Mary and Joseph, we wouldn't let them out of our sight. Can you imagine being in the barn to hold Jesus after he's born and wrapped in swaddling clothes. I don't want to be there. Doctor asked me when our children were born, do you want to participate? Nope. I'm up here drinking the epidural juice right now. I'm not numb yet, Doc. You just keep doing what you're doing. And I made the statement that Jesus... Being born in Bethlehem, his announcement was on a specific day, on a specific hill, in a, in a location, and the shepherds were the ones that just happened to be there. And although that's true, I want to add some more study to that. I read all of this week after someone called me and asked me a question. I had to go back and research this, and I found this very interesting about the shepherds. These were not just shepherds. These were the shepherds. Go home, simply Google it. Where was the Passover lamb raised? Answer, Bethlehem. The pedigree flock of sheep, the bird dog capital of the world, was Bethlehem. And these shepherds could have been raising Uga. The Passover lamb could have been part of their flock. And you may say to yourself, well, I don't much believe that. You haven't read much in the Bible. 
The Bible will shock you time and time again at how persnickety God was in fulfilling every single letter of the law, how the prophecies would come true. They have done statistical analysis of the improbability of Jesus fulfilling prophecies in his lifetime. And the idea that Jesus could fulfill so many prophecies, being born in Bethlehem, raised in Galilee, living a perfect life, choosing 12 disciples, being betrayed by Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver, dying on a cruel cross, being raised from the dead, the sermons that he preached, the places where he went, the things that he said, the possibility... Of him fulfilling those prophecies far exceeds any statistical anomaly that you can study in modern mathematics. You will find when you study the Bible that it fits together like hand in glove. Not only do I believe that it is possible that this could have been the shepherd that was taking care of the Passover lamb. I actually believe it is probable that not only was the lamb being raised in Bethlehem, he was being raised on that hill. And I believe those shepherds knew that, and I believe they had an idea of the Passover lamb, and they knew what the announcement meant when it came to them. And I'll tell you how I know, or why I'm thinking that. Because the Passover lamb was like a lot of our children. When your children are born, for the first six years of their life, it is their commitment to destroy themselves. And if they have any siblings, they consider it their God-given obligation to try and take them with them. If there's an open body of water, they're diving in. If there's a light socket with no light bulb, These lambs were notoriously accident prone. But the Passover lamb had to be without spot or blemish. Meaning it could have no birth defect. It had to be perfect. It had to be sinless. But it also had to be without blemish, meaning it could not be injured. Lambs will try and run before they can walk and oftentimes break their legs while they're still young. What they would do with the Passover lamb, very interesting. They would wrap the lamb in swaddling clothes and lay it in a manger. So when God showed up in Bethlehem to talk to those shepherds on that hill, he used code language so that they would know he was bringing the Passover lamb. That the sacrifice would no longer be flesh and blood, but it would be the Son of God. It would be the spiritual God-man. Flesh and blood, yes, but not the flesh of a lamb. So when he came down and made this announcement, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody who works or watches NASCAR. It's a different crowd altogether. 
I have attempted to enjoy a race from time to time, and I always like the interview after the race because I have no idea what they're talking about. Now I've got a little booger rubbed out there, and it will snatch this thing. We turn it around, a little slew it in there. I think things sling right, and my teammate came around there on the other side, and we was able to kick that thing out there and rip this thing on. We put that get and everything. All of a sudden, that fort never got it all worked out, and I'm just glad to all the team for putting it together today. I thought to myself, what does booger snatched mean? I don't even know what that means. I have inside code language. You ever talk to somebody? Ladies, how many of you, truthfully, you, you hate football. You hate football season. You hate it when it shows up. And then you hear these men talking about football. You're like, what are you talking about? Okay, y'all can put your hands down. Now, they're not trying to start a fight. I see that hand. I see that. <laughs> they start talking about all these statistics and all these numbers that don't make sense to anybody because they're speaking a code language. You know what God was talking when he showed up in that field with those shepherds? He was talking, he's talking shepherd talk. I pointed out how these shepherds heard this announcement. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. My first response, I'm not going. Christ the Lord? I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to a palace. They'll arrest me. I've been out here in the field for a month. It's not in a palace. I'm not going to a home either. Can't walk in dressed like this. He's not in a home. Where'd you, where'd you put him? Put him in a barn. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Nah, because there was no room for you. You're invited. You know, when God honors people, he honors things that we don't think about. The last shall be first, the first shall be last. And when God chose to make his announcement of his king being born on earth, he didn't go to the king about this great high priest. He didn't go to the priesthood with this prophet, this preacher, this water walker, this faith mover. No, he didn't go to any of those people of that pedigree, that education, or that background. He went to the shepherd because what God was sending was a lamb that would be slain. And they already knew how to take care of the Lamb of God. I need somebody who knows how to touch something that can't be broken. I need to invite somebody who knows how to cradle something that is so precious the whole nation's future resides on it. I think when we get to heaven and we sing that song that angels can't sing, that God's going to have a solo. going to be one moment in that service up in heaven before we start our song. It's written in the book of Revelation that we sing a song that angels will not sing. But I, I believe there's going to be a solo. And I don't believe it's going to be the great singers. 
of our history. I don't think it's going to be the great preachers. I don't think it's going to be the disciples. I think it's going to be the first, the last that became first. I think the person who's going to start the song off is going to be a thief. He's going to be as shocked as the rest of us. They're going to hand him that microphone and all of heaven's going to fall quiet. I'm redeemed. I love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine all to heal. I now resign. I have been. I have been redeemed. Then the shepherd's going to walk up. They're going to stand beside him. I'm redeemed. By love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine all to him. I now resign. I have been. I have been redeemed. Somebody sing it with me. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine all to him. I now resign. Can you imagine this uneducated, unwashed, unsanctified group of people walking down to Bethlehem, knocking on the door of that barn? Because I've known one thing about shepherds. I hung around a few while I was in Kenya. Those sheep are more committed than puppies in following their shepherd. They will not leave their side. It is amazing how they will herd together, flock together, if you will. And so I can imagine when those shepherds went to Bethlehem, the whole parade came. Hey, uh, my name's Larry, my brother Daryl. My other brother, Daryl, Marcel, Udell, Odell, Claude, Eugene, and Clovis. Heard you had a baby, born king of the Jews. And God told us we were invited, came to see him, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Because that's what God does with the Passover lamb. So he brought some professionals who knew how to deal with the Passover lamb. You, do you realize, let me tell you something. That Passover lamb, nobody could touch that Passover lamb without security. Nobody could, could get close to that lamb without breaking the law. You could not get within proximity. 
Before you could even approach the Passover lamb for the feast and the sacrifice, you had to shower for a week. You had to stay away from funerals. You had to stay away from your own wife. You you had to prepare yourself with word and worship and sacrifice and prayer. You had to commit yourself to a lifestyle of, of sanctification and separation from the people of God. You had to call yourself out from among them just to be able to touch that lamb. And when you got close, you had to handle that lamb with with precision unless you were a shepherd a shepherd was the only one who could handle the lamb with dirty hands shepherd was the only one who didn't have to be sanctified to wrap that baby in swaddling clothes a shepherd was the only one who didn't have to be educated didn't have to be qualified didn't have to be born in the right family didn't have to have the right name all you had to be was assigned to be in the fields of Bethlehem to take care of the Passover lamb which means if they were invited the prostitute is invited If they were invited, then the alcoholic is invited. If they were invited, then the promise breaker is invited. If they were invited to the barn of Bethlehem, then you and I are invited because their bride says come and the spirit says come. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because if the shepherds couldn't go, then we can't go. If the shepherds aren't invited, then it's only going to be the professional priesthood. If the shepherds aren't invited, it's only going to be the people that acted right and walked right and did everything just right. But how many of you don't deserve to be here today? How many of you had it, if, if, if God hadn't have saved you, you'd already be dead right now. But thanks be unto God, the Lord called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, washed us in his blood, wrote our name down in the, the what book of life? The Lamb's book of life. Takes a shepherd to know how to raise that sheep. Yeah, they're invited, so I'm invited. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to you and all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel... The heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. You know what God told me when I was studying this passage? I know this is a funny image. Please forgive me. I don't mean to create a chuckle, but maybe the laughter will do you good if it's funny to you. But the Holy Spirit said, I want to wrap you in swaddling clothes. Because you're my baby girl. And you're my strong son. And I have decided that I'm going to sing over you while you're asleep. I'm going to call you out of darkness 
Because I have good news for you. As we praise God by saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. In our first service there was a moment where we had a message in tongues and an interpretation. And the interpretation followed along this kind of thinking. If you think I shouted the first time I came. Just wait, for I am coming again. And it will not be an announcement to obscure shepherds in a field. It will be to all of my church triumphant. With a shout that will wake the dead. And a trumpet sound and an announcement from God. For I am coming. And my spirit will be poured out, says the Lord. Ah, oh, praise God. I can't wait for that, un- that eastern sky to be unzipped like a great coat and light to fall out from the sky like a waterfall. And we hear those same angels one more time. Glory to God in the highest. We bring you good tidings of great joy. You've been washed in his blood, purified by his power. Now is the day of your redemption and your salvation. And the dead in Christ will rise. And those that are alive and remain shall be called up to meet him in the air. And this time he will not be a baby laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. He'll be riding a white stallion with a name called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. A vesture that's been dipped in blood with the authority of heaven and the sword of God. And God will bring peace on earth as he rules and reigns as king. Somebody give God praise in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I praise you today. I thank you for the story of the shepherds. I thank you, Lord, that they understood the Passover. I thank you, God, that they knew what they were getting into. I thank you, Lord, that you chose the obscure, the broken, the outcast. To make your grand announcement letting us know that we don't have to be of the right family or pedigree. All we have to do is show up. I praise you today. Stand with me all over the house. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Turn his countenance towards you and be gracious to you. Make his face shine on you and give you peace. Beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. 
Our services are live-streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.